Good morning, church family. How are we doing out there today? Looks like everybody's buzzed with what's happening. Let me give you a rundown of why we need to praise God today. Vacation Bible School, do something, actually happened this last week. We met for five days. If you look back here at this shoe uh, drive that we have for Casa, it is running over. We had one class bring 46 pairs of tennis shoes or shoes. So, man, let's praise the Lord. We got over 100 pairs of shoes in for Casa. One other thing is we had over 100 kids show up, I think, on Wednesday. So... Man, that's a big praise to the Lord. Over 100 kids on Wednesday. Uh, let me give you another one. We did an offering this week, Boys Against the Girls. Guess what? The girls won, but we collected over $500 for Operation Christmas Child. Can God do something with our kids if we give them opportunity? Yes, he can big way, okay? So that's been pretty awesome to do something. Vacation Bible School has just been a real blessing. And man, we need to thank God and thank our church for uh, all our volunteers. If you're a volunteer during Vacation Bible School in any way, shape, or form, let's stand up and let's give you a round of applause this morning. Woo! If you're a volunteer, stand up. Let's give you a round of applause. Thank you all. Let's give Tiffany a big round of applause for organizing all this. Thank you, Tiff. Appreciate all that you do. Another uh, thing that we got down is Vacation Bible School shirts are back there. If you want to get one to add to your collection, please see Tiff afterwards. I think they're $8. They're back at the Welcome Center, so do that. Also, this week on Friday, we have a blood drive that's going to be happening right here at Dorisville Baptist Church. It's going to be from 1 to 6 on Friday, and you need to go to the Red Cross blood site and put in Dorisville if you want to register to give. But this is in loving love of Gordon because he's been using so much blood stuff that we want to give back, and we feel like that'd be great. So it's kind of in his honor that we're doing that, and just be praying for him and his family. But, man, sign up to give some blood this week on Friday, okay? That'd be awesome. Also, we got a baby dedication coming up uh, two weeks from now. If you want to have your baby dedicated next week. Sorry. Man, time flies, doesn't it? All right. Baby dedication next week. So please sign up, church, and let us know. Also, 4th of July picnic. I think it's in the bulletin. We are doing something for the 4th. And we are piggybacking with... Uh, Sling Baptist uh, thing. So we have the park pool rented. We're going to do hamburgers and hot dogs in the park. So it's going to be fun time. So please register for that. Also at the end of the service, if you're planning on going to New Orleans mission trip with me, please see me in the back of the sanctuary today and get some forms filled out. I'm in desperate need of all my forms turned in. So please help me out, okay? And youth, we do have a swim party today at 2.30. We're meeting up here. So please be aware of that. All right, so, man, awesome, load of announcements. Uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm just so thankful all that you do for us, all that you do in us. And Heavenly Father, I'm just thankful for these boys and girls that got to experience uh, the Do Something VBS this week, Heavenly Father, how you've shown up and shown off. I just thank you for that. I just thank you for this church. Help us to be a lighthouse in this community. 
And dear Heavenly Father, be with our service today. May your sweet spirit be ever present here in this service. May you be a brother, Dwayne, as we open your word. And may you convict us, dear my Father. May you inspire us the ways that we need to just let go and let you do something in us. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.
Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. Do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. Do you wish that you could see it all made new? Sing it. We do. Is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. It is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst. It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of? Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave, he is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the same. Is he worthy? Blessing and honor and glory is he worthy of this? He is. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? He does. Does Jesus outside hold forever those in love? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave, he is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave from every people and tribe, every nation and tongue. He has made us a kingdom and priests to God to reign with the Son. Is he worthy?
Spirit together. God, thank you, Father, for the truth that we sing, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy of all honor and blessing and glory and power and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Is revelation. So we see the proclaimed revelation. We're grateful that we get to proclaim it today as well. But Father, as we worship you in song, we worship you in giving, we worship you in hearing and responding to the word shortly. Let that just drive us. Let us be in awe today of you, simply you. We are grateful for what you've done, but today let it simply be because of who you are. Holy creator, Father God, who's here this morning working and working in and through the lives of your people. We're grateful for that. Keep our eyes focused on you. We'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Listen to this piece from Psalm 19. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Take away my sin. 
Good morning. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? You know, I, you know, I don't suppose anybody ever go, well, I'm not. You know, I don't think they would. It's probably a bad question anyway. But we're so glad. What a great crowd. Thank you so much for being here um, today. I, I leaned to Judy at the last song there, How Great Thou Art. And I said, isn't that great? 
no pun intended. I said, it's just wonderful when you think about the awesome greatness of our God. And it's especially, especially great when you look at the sermon title this week, um, Friends in High Places. We're going to get there in just a moment. Now, you probably already know this is what, week number two in our new series um, where we're talking about the Fruit of the Week Club. And what we're going to do is we're going to jump off eventually from Galatians chapter 5 and look at those nine fruit of the Spirit. And throughout the summer, the whole summer, we end up somewhere in August, um, we're going to look at the various fruit of the Spirit and how they can be lived out in our life. Now, my goal is that, you know, it's such a popular scripture. I really want to dig and say, Father, show me something new and different that we can apply in our lives. Because the fruit of the Spirit is applicable. It's, it's supposed to be in our lives. It's supposed to be active. I just can't wait to get to that part of it. But we need to finish. We started talking about the Holy Spirit. And I realized last week we just had some other things we need to talk about. And so we came up with part number two, and we called it Friends in High Places. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I've been blessed to have friends in high places. Um, friends in high places are a person that has people, knows people, uh, that have power either in political or social arenas. And they can call on that person and say, help. Okay? I, I, in the Air Force, it worked out good for me. Somehow, I ended up in the Air Force always in the command section. It was really cool. I always was around high-ranking people that were in charge. And, you know, if I called supply and said, hey, I need this, and the dude said, I don't think so, I'd just go and see the colonel. And I said, hey, colonel, we really need this. And I called supply, and they said they couldn't help us. Well, let me just make a phone call. And he'd make a phone call, and guess what? All of a sudden, the sergeant calls me back and says, oh, listen, we've got what you needed, friends, in high places. Um, when we were at Cobden uh, in Union County, the state's attorney um, went to our he was, First, he was a really good friend of mine. But secondly, he was a deacon and went to our church. And I always knew that if I needed him, he had my back. Now, fortunately, I never make that phone call. I remember we still do it. When we go to Union County, you know, down there, we'd always cross the county line and goes, well, we're safe now. We've got a friend in high places. You know, we've got a friend that we can call on. But anyway, we never needed him, but he was there for us. I, I loved it. Um, also, the, you know, our bank was locally owned in those days, and I happened, again, Happened to go to my church, the vice president of the bank, went to our church and was the treasurer of our our church. And I would call her, you know, back in those good old days, I would call her and say, hey, Judy and I are going shopping for our car. And she goes, Dwayne, just go ahead and write the check. And when you get it, just come and see me on Monday. My friends in high places. How cool was that? Those days were gone. And now in a town like Harrisburg, everyone's got friends in high places. Come on. Everybody knows somebody. And, and, by, the way, and I, by the way, I've got this pothole in my alley. And um, if you've got a friend in high places, would you please tell them to come fill my pothole? Because, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's just a really, I mean, it's the kind of you know, pothole that swallows your car. So if you've got a friend in high places, I'd be very much appreciative if you would talk to them about my pothole. But as Jesus followers, as Jesus followers, and this is where it comes in, we definitely have friends in high places. And I want to tell you about them today in particular, one, and that is the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't normally use the message because it is a paraphrase and not a translation. Just you know, If you want a casual reading of the Bible, the message is fine. If you're going to do some serious Bible study, you probably need to get an actual translation. But the message every once in a while just really puts it out there. And, and, and in John chapter 14, verse 26, it certainly does that. Um, it says, the friend, that's where I grabbed it, that's where it just grabbed my attention. The friend, the Holy Spirit... Whom the Father will send at my request. Now, do you see something right there all of a sudden? Do you see the Trinity? 
In these brief words, in this first sentence, we see the friend, the Holy Spirit, that's one, whom the Father, that's two, will send at my request, that's Jesus, and that's three. So in these verses, in this first part of this verse, we see that we have friends multiple in high places. Alarnell Harris wrote a song in 2011 that, that talks to this. And let me read the words to you. Um, I don't remember the song being very popular, but it's a great song. The words are great. He goes, I've got hope when things look bad. And I can smile when I should be sad. I've got friends who lift me up when I'm feeling low and they watch over me wherever I may go. Now, that should be the hint to you. He's not talking about his buddy down the street. He's talking about something bigger. And the course goes like this. I've got friends in high places, so high but not so far away. I've got friends in high places and I'm going to be with them someday. And he's talking about the Trinity. He's talking about the Father, he's talking about the Son, and about the Holy Spirit. Then we see in the rest of this verse, though, specifically talking about the Holy Spirit as friend, says this, um, my friend, he will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. And so one of the jobs of our friend, the Holy Spirit, then, is to make things, okay, make things remind us of things that are very important. And that's what we want to do today. We want a friend to send the first part of the message, talking about uh, what he reminds us of. And then also, about halfway through, we're going to look at where he says he helps us in our weaknesses. And how does he help us? So that's kind of where we're going today. So, and we start out with Romans chapter 8, verse 15, okay? And, and we're going to see the Holy Spirit reminds us. Now, this is very important. He reminds us what we didn't get. We need this. He reminds us what we didn't get. Well, here's what Romans chapter 8, verse 15, the first part says. Paul writes and says, For you did not receive, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back in fear. So when you were saved, when you met Jesus as Savior, the spirit you got was not one of slavery. And rather than, you know, Falling back into fear, he releases us from fear. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. You write this down if you're taking notes. All right? The spirit that you feel in your life, whatever that means to you, um, does it make you feel in bondage or freedom? Does When you think of your relationship with God, does that inner angst in your spirit feel like freedom or does it feel like slavery? Well, Paul says, when you got saved... You did not get a spirit of slavery. And he does not lead you into fear. So if you, if you talk about when you do your God thing, whatever your God walk and whatever, and the first thing that pops in your mind is not freedom but bondage, and the first thing that pops in your brain is not, is not uh, you know, peace but fear, you may have got the wrong thing. Or you may have listened to the wrong voice. See, if you live in a spirit of bondage, in other words, if you see your Jesus thing as, as no, 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 can't, 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 you know, you feel like you're literally a slave, you may have got religion and not Jesus. See, Jesus sets people free. You know, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Okay? So, so the whole deal here was not bondage. Jesus died that we could be free from the penalty of our sin. And so if you live your life and you're feeling, oh man, all I feel is bondage. No, 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 no. Maybe you got religion. I did for 21 years. I went to church three times a week. I was a three-time-a-weeker. And, and I really felt nothing but bondage. I had to keep the rules or else God would zap me. I had to keep the rules or people would condemn me. Okay? So my life was pretty miserable. So if you're sitting here today and you feel like a spirit of, of bondage or slavery, maybe you've got religion instead of Jesus. And maybe that needs to be clarified in your life even today. Or maybe you're listening to the wrong voice. You know, the, the, the voice that speaks to our ears, if it's a voice of slavery, it's not from the Holy Spirit. It's satanic. It's satanic. Satan will whisper in your ear and tell you how unworthy you are, how you don't deserve it, how God's disappointed in you. God will always be disappointed in you. You're a failure. You're a failure before you became a Christian. You've been a failure since you've met Jesus. And guess what? Tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're still going to be a failure. That's what Satan will whisper. And that's bondage. See, you've got to be careful that you get the real deal, and that's a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and you've got to make sure you're listening to the right voice. The right voice. You know, Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 7, says, you know, here's the deal. God has not, note that, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Now, some of y'all learned that. Hopefully you learned that in 2020. Or some of you wish you did learn it in 2020. But you need to remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And those are three attributes of the Holy Spirit. So I think Paul is telling this young preacher boy who was very intimidated, okay? He's telling this young preacher boy named Timothy. He's saying, listen, Timothy, no matter how difficult people are, listen, God's not giving you that spirit of fear. Don't you think for a moment it's from God. Rather, God has given you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And that's for us today. If you are living constantly in bondage and fear, you are either got the wrong deal or you're listening to the wrong voice. What God did give you is a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. So here's our teaching point. And this is important. I think this is worth the price of admission if nothing else is. Sometimes at the end of services, I'll say something like, I hope we gave you a reason to come back next week. I hope truth like this makes you come back next week because it's very, very um, important. Now, here's the deal. You know, we hear voices. <laughs> Isn't that scary? You know, but we do. We hear voices and voices speak into our hearts and speak into our mind. And it's important we know which one because I, I think I said this in first service. I know, I mean, I know I said it, but I think I shocked some people. Because what you've got to understand is the Holy Spirit and Satan can sometimes sound alike. Because Satan can sound very religious. Okay? And he'll sound like speaking for God, and he obviously is not. How do you tell the difference? Okay. Well, remember this. If the voice you hear, so you, you do your life thing, and particularly, let's say, for instance, you stumble and fall. Let's say, for instance, you sin. Okay? If the voice you hear condemns you and causes you fear, it's the voice of Satan. If when you sin, all you hear is failure, you'll never think more than a failure, you're unworthy, God doesn't love you, nobody loves you, no one even, you know, no one values you, no one respects you. If you hear that voice, it's the voice of Satan. It's the voice of Satan. 
And listen, the Bible says, you know, Jesus said about Satan, he's a liar and the father of lies. Okay? So he's speaking lies, and what do you do with a lie? You reject it. You reject it. So the voice you hear sounds like that. You reject it. But, 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 if the voice you hear convicts you, remember you've sinned, it convicts you saying that is wrong. Not you are bad, but it is wrong. If it convicts you and causes or leads to repentance, then that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit speaks nothing but truth, and so you receive it. So if Satan speaks, it's a lie, you reject it. If the Holy Spirit speaks, it's truth, and you receive it. Okay? This is going to help you. Because some of you go through your life feeling so unworthy, and the reason why is you're speaking, you're listening to the wrong voice. Okay? Listen to the voice of truth, and that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, the second thing that the Holy Spirit reminds us of, you know, first is what we didn't get. Now he reminds us of what we did get. And this is huge, okay? In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, the second part, he says, you know, you didn't get a spirit of slavery to fall back in fear. No, 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 no. Instead, you received, and this is so good, the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. That's important truth number one. This thing is so rich in truth. You know, important truth number one, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. What is this spirit of adoption? What does that mean? Well, here's the deal. We all know, and we've gone to Sunday school, and we've learned when Jesus said in John chapter 3, okay, you must be born again. And that's our spiritual DNA. That's how we come into the family of God, okay? Through being born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. But then there's also, Paul talks about, the spirit of adoption. And it's another part of our regeneration that's so important. We are born again, but we also are adopted into the family of God. Now, why is that important? Okay, let, let me go back to Roman culture. Um, in Roman culture, again, keep in mind, Scripture is from Romans, okay? So he's writing to Roman people. They would totally understand this. In Roman culture, if you're going to adopt a child, okay? Well, actually, adopt someone. I better put that away. We go down to the nursery, and we look at all the eligible candidates, and we say, Oh, that's the cutest baby I've ever seen. I want that one. That's not how they did it. In Roman culture, first, because kids often didn't live very long, they didn't name their kids to somewhere around the first birthday, because kids didn't live long, and, and Romans valued their materialistic wealth, they didn't want to give it to a kid that may abuse it. So are you ready for this? If a Roman man was going to adopt a son, he would adopt an adult. He had a track record, okay, a proven track record, and the Roman father would say, okay, I, this is the kind of guy I want to inherit my wealth. So he would adopt a full-grown man. And the full-grown man, are you ready, had all the rights and privileges of the father instantaneously. Instantaneously. As soon as the father said, as soon as the father said, I choose you, okay, I choose him, all of a sudden, all the wealth, all the power, and all the authority of that father was placed on that son. Here's the deal. What Paul is saying when he said you received the spirit of adoption, he's saying you were adopted into the family of God as a son, and as soon as you were born again, Maggie, you got all the rights and privileges of the Father. Isn't that awesome? 
I mean, let's face it. A little baby may have rights and privileges, knows nothing of them. But when we are placed in the family of God, we know of them and experience them. Let me put it this way. The moment you were saved, you had all the rights and privileges of the Father that Billy Graham had when he died when he was almost 100. One of the greatest men of God, rights and privileges, when you were born again, you got exactly that. So we receive then the spirit of adoption. We are sons. We're going to see that again in just a moment. We're going to, we receive the spirit of adoption, the spirit of sons, and by whom, and this is the good part, this is great, we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, this is a source of contention for some people, although it should not be. You know, we just sang, How Great Thou Art, and we wrestle with, how can we let God be great, and how can we call Him Abba, Father? Well, the truth is, we do both. We do not diminish the greatness of God by calling Him Abba, Father. Well, Dwayne, what does Abba, Father mean? Well, there's really not a, a perfect translation from the Greek, um, but the closest, the absolute closest, is the word Papa. Papa. Okay? The second closest is Dad. Is Dad. We wrestle with those because, again, we're talking about God, but you've got to understand when you came into the family of God, He became your Father. But he became this intimate father figure. You know, some people have fathers that they never could get close to. Um, there was a barrier there. And then there are people, I, well, I watched it. I, I watched this week, and, and Todd, I'm sorry I didn't get your permission, but I'm going to embarrass you. But maybe not. Maybe not. But at least two or three times this week, I would go out to the foyer during Bible school, and there was Todd with one of his grandsons. And it was beautiful. He had his arm around him, and they were talking and communicating, laughing and hugging. And it was beautiful. And it was that intimate relationship. It was very obvious, Todd, that you were not stern grandfather. You were Papa. And that's what, that's what God wants to be to us. He wants to be Papa. He, he wants you to know that when your heart is breaking, he's your intimate Papa. When, when, when you're sad and alone... He's your intimate Papa. He's not this stone, stone-faced God that you can't approach. He's intimately approachable. He is Papa. He is Daddy. And when I write my blog, I know it probably causes some consternation, but, but again, it doesn't diminish the greatness of God. Sometimes I'll call him my dearest Daddy because that's what he is. And when, and when the, the Holy Spirit you know, comes and he says, you know, it's Abba, it's Abba, Father. Now, now here's the deal. It wasn't just us. It wasn't, Paul didn't just say, we cry out, Abba, Father. But rather, in Mark chapter 15, you know, the Bible says that Jesus cries out. Jesus cries out. Look at Mark, I'm sorry, Mark 14. Look what it says. Now this is the day, the night before the, the cross. He's in the garden, okay? And as he bows in prayer, look at the term he uses. It's the exact same one that Paul said, we cry out, Papa. So here is God the Son talking to God the Father about what's going to happen tomorrow. And when he talks to him, look what he says. Papa. Dearest Father. Papa. And then, this thing is so rich, he gives us an outline, by the way, of how we should pray. We're going to talk about prayer later on, but how we should pray. But here's what he says, Papa, 
Papa, all things are possible for you. He makes a statement of faith. He says, Papa, I believe in you. I believe all things are possible with you. He makes a statement of faith. Then he lets his desire. He, he states his faith. Then he states his desire. Take this cup away from me. Now, again, let me help you understand what that cup means. Because I don't think we get it. The crucifixion was a horrible death. It was so bad that a Roman citizen could not be crucified. It was reserved for, for the pagans. Outside the Roman Empire. They're all pagans. But outside the Roman Empire. And it was, all, it was called the death of deaths. Okay? Jesus knows that's coming. But what you've got to understand, that this is, this is God the Son. And on Him tomorrow is going to be placed all the sins of the world. In fact, Roman, or first, uh, first, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, And He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the rights of God. So he knows when he says, take this cup from me, it's not just this. It's not just the physical torture of the cross. It's holy God the Son taking all the sins of all the people who will ever live. And then, and then, he becomes the atonement, the propitiation for our sins, the payment for our sin. He appeases the wrath of God. All the wrath of God for all the sins of all the people through all the time is poured out on Jesus Christ. Amazing. Amazing. And then the Father turns us back. Something He would never do to you, He did to His Son because the Father could not look on the sin that was on the Son. So He says, I have faith in you, Father. But if there's some way this cup can be taken away, please. He states his desire. But then he does his surrender. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. That's so powerful. This is where, this is where we struggle in our prayer life. We, we, we say, God, I believe all things are possible with you. And God, this is what I want. Now do it. We forget the part where it says... Not what I will, but what you will. I'm yours, so this is yours. I'm yours, so this is yours. But he started out that powerful prayer with Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. I hope we can embrace that. We need to learn to embrace the intimacy of God. It's not an abuse. Someone said the other day, you know, the man upstairs, that's an abuse. But calling him Papa, calling him Daddy, that is not. Is not. So, we learn there, and here's a, where's that great song? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I want you to walk away today understanding that God is your Father. He's holy. He's all-powerful. But He's your Papa. And you're loved by Him. And listen, all the failures and all the sins after you're saved and all the reasons you could list why God should let you go, He won't let you go. He's not going to stop loving you. He is a good, good Father. And you... Well, you're loved by Him. 
And nothing's going to change that. Nothing is going to change that. The third thing he reminds me of is found in Romans 8, 16. And it says, the Spirit, and this is good too, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. So the third thing the Holy Spirit reminds you of is that you belong to God. Now, you don't know what's going on, but the Holy Spirit is constantly having a conversation with you, with your spirit. And here's what the conversation sounds like. Don't ever forget you're God's child. Don't ever forget you belong to God. Don't ever forget there's nothing you can do that will ever change that. Don't forget you are a child of God. Is that not great? And there's this conversation that goes on. Now, again, if you hear this voice saying you're not worthy, God doesn't love you, you're not a, you're not a believer, it's not real, what voice is that? It's Satan. And he's a liar. And he rejected. But you hear that voice, that, that testimony, that testimony service that's going on that says he testifies together our spirit. We are God's children. He says it well in Galatians chapter 4. Uh, same thought concept, because you are sons, because you're adopted into the family, because you're, you have all the rights and privileges, uh, because you're sons. Now listen, listen, listen. God sent the spirit of his son, the Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Have you tracked yet? So Paul tells us that in our spirits we cry out, Abba, Father. We've heard Jesus in the garden, and he calls out, Abba, Father. And now we write and read that Paul says the Holy Spirit cries out, Abba, Father. So if the Holy Spirit and Jesus are in agreement that he's the Abba, Father, I think we should agree with him. That he is our intimate, loving Abba, Father. And because of that, you're no longer a slave. You're not a slave. Now, I know I'm a bond servant. I got that part. But God doesn't see me as a slave. He sees me as his son. You remember the story of the prodigal son? Remember that? You know, the guy runs off, spends all the money. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll go back home to my father. I'll tell him I'm not worthy to be a son. I'll be a servant. So he runs home, fully intending, gets there and says, Father, I'm sorry. I've sinned against you and God. And before he can get the part out that says... I'm not worthy to be your son. Make me your slave. Father says, just a moment, please. Hey, 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 go kill the fatted calf. Hey, get the ring. Hey, get the rope. Hey, get the shoes. Because this son of mine has come home. He was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. Wow, yeah, wow. You're not a slave. You're a son. You're a son. You know, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you're a son, then you are an heir of all that Christ will inherit. We are heirs. How incredible is all that? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> so, the, so the job, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, our friend, is to constantly remind us about what we have in Christ. Okay? Don't lose that. Don't, don't walk out the door today and leave that sitting in your seat. Take that home with you. And the second thing the Holy Spirit does is that he's our helper. He's our helper. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the first part, you know, Paul says this, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Holy Spirit helps us 
in our weakness. Now, normally, we see weakness as a bad thing, but actually, for the believer, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We all have weaknesses. But remember this. Don't let your weaknesses define you. Don't let your weaknesses define you. Remember, failure is an event, not a description. Because you fail, you are not a failure. You just had an event. Okay? Weakness is the same way. Uh, weakness don't make you a weenie. Okay? In fact, in fact, quite the opposite, it puts you in a position for God to do great, great things in your life. Again, the Spirit said, the verse says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. You, you know why Philippians 4.13 is, is possible? I mean, everybody loves this verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not you muscling up your strength. It's not you going, hmm. It's the Holy Spirit. You can do all things through Christ because the Holy Spirit lives within you. He helps you with your weaknesses. When you overcome, when you're successful, when it happens right, when you get it right, it's just the Holy Spirit. And we learn to say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have done. So here's the deal. Here's our teaching point. Every weakness, every weakness you have, and this is why weaknesses are not necessarily bad. You know, every weakness we have is an opportunity for God to show his strength in your life. You know, the story goes like this. And, and from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, okay, Paul was talking and he had this thing going on. Okay, this thing. Y'all, y'all have things going on? Yeah, well, Paul had things going on. And so three times he said, hey, God, remove this. God, remove this. God, remove And God said, no, no, no. And finally, here's the answer, you know. He says, Paul, you need to understand something. We need to understand something. My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So, so you know those weaknesses you got that you hate so badly? If you're a Christ follower... Those are opportunities for God to work. See, they're opportunities. In fact, Paul later says, Ho, ho, hey, Father, if that is true, bring on the weaknesses. Because I want more of the power of God. See, the more weaknesses we have, the more we acknowledge our weaknesses, the more we see the power of God work in our lives. And the more we see the power of God work in our lives, the more we trust Him. And it all begins to make sense. It's just, it's just incredible. It's amazing. Now, here's the deal. What is, the, what is one of the primary ways the Holy Spirit helps us? And you're going, well, I can think about 15. Okay? Of all the things Paul could choose to illustrate, guess what he chooses? Prayer. See, prayer is so important. It's something we struggle with. So, in verse number, number 26, the second part, okay, First he says, the Holy Spirit helps us with our weakness. And then he says this. This is the NLT. He says, for example, for example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Paul said, as an example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. So, so isn't that true? I mean, don't we miss it? Hey, you know, I'm going to say something that might be offensive, but no, my heart is not. I don't mean it to be. But see, we like our prayer life with three adjectives. We like it safe and sane and self-centered. I used the word selfish in first service. I was trying to be kinder. 
See, we want them saved. We, we, don't, we don't want our prayer life to get so big that it might like shake our faith in God if it doesn't happen. Okay? So, so we like them saved. We like it sane. We like it logical. Okay? So here you go. Hey, my friend is sick. So the logical thing is, God, heal my friend. That's it. Thank you so much. See you later. We forget that thy will thing. We like it safe. We like it sane. But in the process, it becomes selfish or self-centered. I don't know who said this. I think it was Andy Stanley. But boy, was he right. You know, he said, let me ask you this question. So, so if you were to quit tomorrow your prayer life, you say, I'm done with prayer. I'm not going to pray anymore. Who would be impacted? Whose world would be changed if you quit praying tomorrow? See, truth is, if you pray like I usually pray, it would probably be me and those closest to me and a few outside of that. Self-centered prayer. Safe, sane, self-centered. We don't know how to pray. We miss it. Here's what it says. But the Holy Spirit prays for us. In other words, when we get it wrong, he gets it right. When we miss the target, he hits a bullseye. I love that. I love that. It's one of those times I know I'm weak, God, in my prayer life, and, and God the Father says, that's okay. We send you the Holy Spirit, and he never misses. Come on, amen. amen. Isn't that cool? See, your prayer life is stronger than you think it is. Your prayer life is better than you think it is. Not because of you, but because of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I put it this way. When I and my prayers are drowning in the sea of self, the Holy Spirit prays, your will be done. When my prayers, I and my prayers are drowning in the seas of consumption for self, the Holy Spirit prays for me, thy will be done. And so cool because it goes on in verse number 27 of Romans chapter 8. And the Father, and the Father who knows all hearts, the Father who knows all hearts, um, knows what the Spirit is saying, and the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. In other words, we're praying, we're not getting it right, but the Holy Spirit who lives within us, who, who knows God's will, is praying according to God's will, and He gets it right every time. That is amazingly good. And it's just one of the attributes of the Holy Spirit. Well, Dwayne, is it really important that we pray in accordance with God's will? Well, let's see what John said. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. I would call that important. Anything we ask according to His will, He hears us. See, you're wondering why you never got that new pickup truck, sir. Yeah, well, you didn't pray right. Okay? And, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what is asked of him. Your prayer life is better than you think it is. It's just that you've got an intercessor called the Holy Spirit. And when we get it wrong, he gets it right. Now, I've got a formula for you. My last teaching point. I have a formula here. And this is worth writing down if you take notes. This is worth writing down. Not because I said it, but because it's true. When we combine, when we mix the ingredients, when we combine the power 
of one, our surrender, not my will, but thy will be done, with his will, what the Holy Spirit prays, and the name of Jesus Christ, things happen. Worlds are shaken when we combine our surrender with his will and his name. Things happen. Worlds are shaken. There's a great story found in Acts chapter 4. And I didn't have this included originally um, in the scriptures. So I'm going to read it to you um, today. It's really powerful. Um, Again, it's Acts chapter 4. We're early into the story of the church. And um, John and Peter got in trouble again. They insisted on talking about Jesus. And the Sanhedrin's had just about enough of it. They arrest them and slap them around a little bit. And they'll let them go. And Peter and John go back to their buddies who probably have been praying for them. Okay? So they decide, Mama T, to have a prayer meeting, okay? I don't know what your experience with prayer meetings are like, but it probably wasn't anything like this one. And I don't know how your prayers are, but it probably is not like this one. Here's how it goes. Well, being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And it wasn't a good outlook. So when they heard that, They raised their voice to God with one accord. And here's what they said. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Doesn't it seem like that sometimes? Doesn't it seem like that right now in our world, in our country? They continue. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. In other words, the government, Pontius Pilate and Herod were against them. The religious leaders was against Jesus and the people were against Jesus. They gathered together. But listen, are you listening? To do whatever your hand and your purpose determine to be done. Pontius and Herod, yeah. The religious leaders, yeah. The people, yeah. To do what God purposed to be done. See, when things seem out of control, they may not be out of control as you think they are. Just saying. So, here we go. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Now, I'm telling you, I wouldn't pray this. God, don't let them arrest me. God, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to die, God, please. And what do they pray? God, let your servants speak your word with boldness. And by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. God, do miracles, not so Aunt Susie can walk, but that your name will be glorified, that you'll be made big. Listen, you do know God still does miracles, don't you? Yeah, you haven't forgot that, have you? I said it last week, I'll say it again this week. Two ways to live your life. Nothing is a miracle and everything's a miracle. I'm going to go with the everything a miracle list. 
Well, they prayed, and verse 31 is on the screen. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I like it. You remember what they prayed? God, give us boldness to speak the word of God. After the prayer meeting, they began to speak the word of God boldly. See, when you pray in accordance to the will of God, things happen. When you pray in accordance to the will of God, surrendered, when you combine your surrender with his will in the name of Jesus, places are shaken. People are filled with the Spirit, surrendered to the Spirit, and people get prayers answered. I'm telling you, this is the answer to America's problems. Why do we struggle with that? Why do we struggle with that? Jesus is the answer. You know, who was it? Was it Gypsy Smith? Probably not, but they wouldn't know the difference, so we'll say Gypsy Smith. He was an evangelist. Somebody asked him, what is the secret to revival? And he said, you draw a circle. You get inside and you say, God, send revival. And let it begin with me. And let it begin with me. That's the secret to revival. Oh, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our grief and pain to bear. But what a friend we have in the Holy Spirit. It reminds us that we don't have a spirit of slavery. We have a spirit of adoption where we can call holy God, something the Jews would never even imagine. We can call holy God, Father, Daddy, Papa. And when we're weak and we don't get it right, He's there to pray and strengthen our prayer life, to intercede on our behalf. What a friend we have in the Holy Spirit. And I'm looking forward as we journey through this summer that, that the, the series won't be a series of nine things, but it'll be a series of portraits of the Holy Spirit being played out in our lives for nine weeks. Understanding that those are not things, the fruit are not things we have to generate is something that exists in us with the Holy Spirit. Again, all we have to do is set them free. Okay, so if you're here today, And you said, you know, Dwayne, I never been much for religion. Me either. It kept me in bondage for 21 years. I just knew if I kept those rules good enough that somehow God would like me. And when I was 21 years old, I figured out it had nothing to do with my works and my performance. It had to do with his grace and my faith in what Jesus Christ did. And on October 26, 1975, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's never been the same since then. And perhaps today you'd like to come and talk to Brent. Come to the altar and say, God, I want to be a son. I want to be able to call you Father. And you do that by faith in your, in your son, Jesus Christ, his son, Jesus Christ. So in a moment, uh, during our time of decision, you'll have that opportunity. Perhaps you're here today, and perhaps there's a dad in your past that has wrecked your image of God. And maybe today you want to pause and say, God, my, my dad didn't do well. But I'm not going to let my father's failure then be your failure. I'm going to believe who you are, that you love me, and nothing can ever change that. Perhaps you need to tell him that today. Perhaps you need to become friends with the Holy Spirit. We shouldn't resist him. He's part of the Trinity. 
He's part of the Trinity. And he wants to work on our behalf to live that abundant life that Jesus Christ talked about. So this is our time of decision. If you'd like to talk about joining the church, perhaps you need to be baptized, or maybe you just want to come and pray. Um, when I can say, the Holy Spirit will be there to help you with that. Let's pray. Hey, God, thank you so much for the privilege of speaking. And Father, I pray this made like way sense to us. I pray that we'll take away these truths and tuck them away in our heart uh, where no one can grab them from us. Um, Father, thank you that you are our Abba. You are our Papa. Thank you for that intimacy um, that you provide for us. Help us never let that take away from your glory and who you are, but let us enjoy the intimacy of that moment. Father, we pray, and thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us that we are not uh, owners of the spirit of slavery, but we are owners of the spirit of adoption. We are your sons and heirs of all that Jesus Christ is. Thank you for that. And God, help us not be frustrated with our prayer. Rather, Lord, teach us to trust you with our prayer life, knowing the Holy Spirit gets it right every time. We're grateful for that. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen. Hey, let's stand to our feet. Team has a song for us. Again, Brent will be waiting down front. Any decision, or you should want to come and pray, this is your time. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine.
Trust me, it's God. Amen. And I just want to say thank you to our praise team today. I think they did a great job. And this last song, what a way to go home. Amen. Come on, give them a round of applause. I appreciate that. You know, these guys show up during the week and practice. Both, all teams go to both services. 
pretty amazing. I thank you for their commitment. Kind of like what we saw in Bible school this week. What a great group of, of workers that we had. Listen, so glad that you came today. I'm going to let Brother Brent lead us out. I'm going to go back to the door. I'll meet you back there if you want to come through the door. God bless you guys. Hey, be praying for Judy and I. We're going to be gone this week um, into the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. Um, a lot of contention, unfortunately, going on. So be praying. We'll be having the wisdom. Um, pray for our spirits to stay good. Very good. We got a couple of people we need to remember on our prayer list. Uh, Barb Middle is the one that we need to really be praying for with Morgan. Uh, Barb's in hospice care in Aaron. And uh, we need to still remember Gordon. Remember the blood drive coming up. Uh, we need to give our blood. We need to give our platelets. Whatever you can do would be greatly appreciated. Uh, go to Blood or Red Cross and sign up. Put indoors still. All right, let's go. Heavenly Father. Man, it's been great to be in your house. I'm so thankful that your spirit knows what to pray sometimes, then my Father, because sometimes I get my words twisted up. Sometimes my heart's there and my mouth's not there. But I can always call you Dad. I can always call you my beloved. Because you are that in my life, Heavenly Father. I thank you for these people out here. I thank you for just allowing us to experience you in a wonderful way. Then, my Father, I just pray that you continue to keep our spirit sweet here in this place. May we see you move. May you, we see you do things that only you can do, dear my Father. Help us to be available to be used. Help us to quit worrying about our ability and know that we can count on you to do the big things because you have the Holy Spirit living in us. Then, my Father, man, I just pray that we get a glimpse of just how you can move. Be it these people we mentioned in the prayer, dear my Father, that need a helping hand from you, that need a touch. I just pray that you work and maybe say, give you all the glory for the miracles that you do. And then, my Father, I just thank you for allowing us to assemble together. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, 